Welcome back to Heroes of the Faith, a show where we are inspired by the lives of the saints so that we can become saints ourselves. I'm your host, Isaac Longworth. Today, we're going to be talking about Saint Mark G. Tiang Sing. He is a Chinese saint who you might never have guessed would become a saint if you looked at his life. Because you see, for most of his life, right up to the moment of his death, Saint Mark was a drug addict. Now you heard me right. You might not have ever thought that you'd hear the words saint and drug addict in the same sentence, but I promise you it's true. And we're going to learn about this fascinating saint. And I think that as we do, you will be inspired by the heroic trust that this man showed in the mercy of God. And it was this trust, this strong faith, that made Mark into the saint that he is today. So he was born in China uh, in the year 1834, and he was born with the name Ji Tiangxing. Now, in Chinese culture, uh, the family name is mentioned first, and then the personal name afterwards. So his personal name was Tiangxing, and his family name was Ji. But he was raised in a Christian family, and so when he was baptized, he was given the Christian name Mark, which is why now we call him by the full name, all three names all together, Mark G. Tiangxing. And he was born in China that was not a Christian country. The main religions of China at that point in history, in the 1800s, uh, was a mixture of Buddhism, Taoism, and Confucianism. Now, you might not know what any of those things are, any of those religions, so I'll give you a little crash course in what they are. Uh, Buddhism was basically this religious philosophy that had come out of India. And Buddhists believed in reincarnation. They believed that when you died, you would come back in another life as another human being, as another kind of animal. Uh, it kind of depended on how you lived your life previously. And the only way to escape this painful life, this cycle of existence, was to achieve a state of enlightenment. And so they imitated uh, the Indian prince who had started Buddhism. They called him the Buddha or the enlightened one. And they imitated him and their whole goal, the whole goal of the religion of Buddhism was to stop existing, to break that cycle of reincarnation. Taoism and Confucianism are very similar spiritualities, they taught that if you lived your best life, that would lead to you achieving some kind of harmony with the universe. And so those who followed this religion uh, would try and live moral lives in order to achieve a kind of cosmic oneness and harmony. Now, Buddhism, Taoism, Confucianism, all of these religions, they were mixed together and they were often intermingled with different Chinese local folk religions and rituals. So this could involve uh, magic, it could involve fortune telling, uh, it could involve worshiping of ancestors or trying to communicate with different spirits. And so it was this whole confusing mess of all these different religions that the Chinese people largely believed in. So Mark and his family growing up as Christians would mean that they were a minority religion they would practice a faith that most of their neighbors would not follow. Uh, and they learned about Christianity from European missionaries. 
So European missionaries had come to China uh, when Europe had sent uh, ambassadors and emissaries to China and tradesmen. And the missionaries came and taught the Chinese people about Jesus. And many Chinese had believed in Jesus, had been baptized, and were practicing their Catholic faith in the country. Now, we don't know much about the early life of St. Mark, but we do know that China was a tumultuous place to live in at this time because many European countries had set up trading sites in China. They saw an opportunity to make their fortune, to get a lot of riches from this industrious and resourceful country. It was full of resources that were in high demand in Europe, things like uh, silk or tea or porcelain. If you have a uh, China set in your house, that's where the name came from because this specific kind of porcelain was only made in China. But these resources were in high demand over Europe. And so uh, all the European colonies were trying to vie for power, for influence, and for trading opportunities. Now, the British, they began to trade with China and to import mass amounts of opium into China. If you've never heard of opium, uh, it is a drug that is made from the poppy plant. Uh, it's the same family of drugs as heroin, by the way, which unfortunately is in our culture now. Heroin is also made from poppy plants. It's a kind of opium. And so in China, opium had sometimes been used as a drug for medicinal purposes. It would be used by doctors for healing, uh, but it was highly addictive. And so England started to pump large amounts of opium into China. And as a result, many Chinese people became addicted to smoking this drug. And as a overall case, China began to weaken in their society because so many of their citizens were becoming drugged up on this opium. But this was exactly what the British wanted because it gave them the power and the influence in the trade that they wanted. Now, at this time, Mark G was a well-respected doctor in his town. He was looked up to by his local church as a leader. He was well-known for uh, his goodness, his piety, just living out his Catholic life as a good, holy, normal man living as a doctor. Uh, he lived a good Christian life. He didn't cause harm to anyone. And often, he would treat the sick who were too poor to pay for his services. So he was a good doctor. He would go to the poor and care for them lovingly with a charity that mirrored Christ's charity, healing the sick and not uh, forcing them to pay if they couldn't afford it. Unfortunately though, Dr. Mark himself contracted a painful stomach illness. And so he did what any good doctor would do. He prescribed for himself opium for the pain, which was a common practice at this time. But unfortunately, after his illness was cured, after his stomach was cured, he found that he had become addicted to the opium drug that he was originally taking for treatment. His system had had an adverse reaction to the opium, and so now his body craved more and more. He had become a drug addict, completely by accident, and yet there he was. Now this began a long and painful life of addiction for Mark G. 
if you have struggled with addiction yourself or you know someone who has, you know what that struggle is like. And this is the life that he lived. He did the best he could to fight this addiction, but to no avail. He was completely powerless. He just couldn't get clean. He would try and try as much as possible, and yet he kept finding himself in the opium houses, smoking up on this drug. Now, he went to confession over and over again for this sin. As a good Catholic, he wanted to repent of this and to come before the Lord and to receive his mercy, which is what the sacrament of confession is for. It's a healing thing. But because he kept coming in and confessing the same sin over and over again of drug use, his priest became tired of hearing his confession. His priest, he didn't understand the sickness of addiction like we do today. He didn't understand how it could have such a compulsion in person that their free will is almost subject to the drug use. He didn't understand this. He just thought that Mark G was lazy, that he just wanted the drug and was just using confession as a crutch, that he wasn't taking his faith seriously. And so the priest, maybe with the best intentions, but he did something very cruel. He told Mark not to come back to confession until he was committed to stopping his sin. Now, this was such a painful experience for Mark because he honestly wanted to stop, but he couldn't by his own willpower. He was powerless. They didn't know the chemical effects that opiates can have on the brain at that time, making it nearly impossible to just stop, which is what Mark was trying to do. So as a result of this, Mark was no longer able to receive communion at Mass because he was living in a state of drug addiction. He was living in this state of sin that he was struggling with. He didn't know how to get out of it. The priest refused to hear his confession and he found himself in this impossible situation. But unfortunately, that was what happened to him. That didn't stop him, though, from going to Mass. He went to Mass every single time it was available, even though he couldn't receive communion, he raised his family in the faith and he was constantly begging God for mercy and healing, thinking that he was such a sinner because he couldn't get to confession. It wasn't his fault, but that's just the situation he found himself in. Now, it was a great source of shame for him, uh, not only for him, but also for his family. He had two sons, he had six grandchildren, and uh, many people who had formerly looked at him as a leader in the church, as a, a holy man, they looked down on him. They looked down on him. They said, who is this drug addict who still keeps coming to church? Why doesn't he just quit? Why doesn't he just kick the habit? They must have wondered why he didn't just give up and just stop coming to church. And unfortunately, we can still see some of that stigma towards people who struggle with addiction even today. They're mocked as junkies. It's like, why don't you just stop? And it's not that easy. Those of you who haven't gone through addiction don't understand the struggle that it is for those who struggle in this way. But Mark G., he did not give up. He continued to live his Catholic faith as best as he could and to help the poor as a doctor while still struggling with this terrible addiction. And he was addicted for 30 years. 30 years he tried to kick the habit, and for 30 years he was not able to receive the sacraments. But there was other dangers 
on the horizon for Mark. Addiction wasn't the only thing that would soon become a struggle in his life. Because there was this anti-foreigner sentiment that was beginning to build in China. Chinese were becoming suspicious of Europeans. They saw them as a threat. And because Christianity had come into China through these missionaries, it was seen as a threat that was coming from Europe. And so Chinese Christians who had taken on this religion, who had left their ancestral religions of Buddhism and Taoism and Confucianism, these Christians were seen as traitors to their country. They were seen as traitors to their culture. They were seen to be in league with these Europeans who were trying to abuse the Chinese people. And so uh, armed mobs of angry Chinese men and women began going from village to village, ruthlessly killing any Europeans they found and ruthlessly killing as well any Chinese Christians who they found. And they labeled them devils. They called them devils. They dehumanized them. They tortured them, murdered them, chased them out of their villages. During this period, over 30,000 Christians would be killed, which lasted for almost three years, this persecution. And this period in history in China would eventually be called the Boxer Rebellion. Now, when Mark was 66, he and his whole family were rounded up by one of these violent boxer mobs. They were arrested with all the other Christians in town and marched off to prison. Now, while they were in prison, uh, being pressured to leave Christianity and revert back to the Chinese religion of their ancestors, many of the Christians who were in prison thought that Mark G, this drug addict, he wouldn't be able to withstand the pressure of his prisoners. They thought for sure he would abandon his faith. After all, they thought if he had strong willpower, he would have quit his addiction years ago. So, of course, he's going to renounce his Christianity. But Mark amazed everyone because he stayed true to his faith, even despite imprisonment, interrogation, and even torture that he faced. You see, Mark, he actually had a desire to be martyred. He was willing to die for his Lord and his Savior, Jesus. He would love to give his life for God because he believed that that was the only way he could be sure that he would go to heaven. Remember, he hadn't been able to go to confession in years. And so poor Mark had doubts in his mind that even though he was trying his best and loving the Lord, he doubted that he would be able to make it to heaven because he had been separated from the sacraments for so long. Well, the Christians who refused to abandon their faith, including Mark, were condemned to be killed by beheading. And so Mark and his whole family, none of them denied their faith. They stayed true to Jesus. They refused to abandon their Catholic faith. And so Mark, his sons, their wives, and all of his grandchildren were led away to the place of execution. As they were walking along the road, one of his grandsons was walking beside Mark and he looked up at him and said, Grandpa, where are we going? And with hope in his eyes, knowing that his faith would be strong enough to lead them out of this horrible situation they found themselves in, Mark looked down at his grandson and said, we're going home. We're going home. He knew 
that he wasn't made for this world. He knew that he was made for heaven, that he was made to be in relationship with God for all eternity in the joy and bliss of heaven. That was his true home, and that's where he was going. When they got to the place where the Christians were to be killed, Mark begged the executioners, please kill me last. He wanted to die last because he wanted to make sure that none of his family would have to die alone. And so he stood there and he watched his whole family die. His sons, his daughter-in-laws, his grandsons, all of them comforting them one by one as they stepped up and were beheaded for their faith in Jesus. When it was Mark's turn to finally be beheaded and he was the very last Christian to die, he sang a song to Our Lady. He sang a song to Mary, his mother, as he put out his neck for the executioner's sword. And as he sang the song to Our Lady, the executioner cut off his head and his soul was taken up to the God who he loved. Now Mark G, he trusted in the mercy of God. He had constantly prayed throughout his life over and over again to be released from his addiction. And in the mystery of God's will, finally he was free because he was a saint in heaven, an addict no more. His suffering was over. Now, unsurprisingly, when you look at his life, Saint Mark Ji Tiang Sing, he is the patron saint of all those who struggle with addictions, all those who are addicts, because he knows what it's like. In our world today, there are so many different addictions that plague people. Our streets are filled with drug addicts who live from one shot to the next, alcoholics who struggle, struggle with this compulsion to drink. People are addicted to food, to overeating. They can't stop binging and eating in these unhealthy habits. People more and more are becoming addicted to the sin of pornography lusting after people who they see on computer screens and cell phones. Uh, people are even addicted to social media, seeking a rush, seeking the pleasure that comes from people liking and following them. And you may be listening to this show, struggling with an addiction yourself to any one of those things, or you may have a loved one who you know is an addict. All of these addictions, their symptoms, of our weak humanity that has been damaged by sin. Because of our fallen nature, our fallen human nature, we are all tempted and we are susceptible in different ways to different things. And every single addiction comes out of this brokenness. It's an attempt to escape from reality through some kind of temporary pleasure, some kind of rush, some kind of high that you're trying to find in pornography, in food, in drugs, and whatever it is that you crave. But these things will never ultimately satisfy. If you have struggled with addiction, you know that it doesn't. You know that after that initial high, when that pleasure fades, the shame begins to set in. And that shame, that guilt, it's so painful that addicts can't deal with that shame and they seek escape again through that pleasure, through that rush, through that high, and the deadly cycle continues and addictions destroy lives. 
Addictions are from the devil because he wants to destroy your life. In John chapter 10, Jesus said that the thief, talking about the devil, he comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Satan wants to steal your life. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to kill you, body and soul. And he is using addiction to do that to many people. But Jesus says right after this explanation of what Satan's strategy is with addictions, he said, but I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus offers freedom from addiction. He offers an abundant life. He offers you a newness, a freshness. And I want to tell you that the only way that you can have lasting joy is with a relationship with Jesus Christ. He is the only one who can remove the shame and the guilt that feeds addiction. He's the only one that can heal you. Now, I understand that you might be listening to this, and this might make you frustrated, especially if you have been seeking freedom for years. You might be wondering, Isaac, why am I still stuck then? Why can't I kick this habit? Well, there's some practical things that can be done to seek freedom. Maybe you haven't thought of all the ways you can fight this with the power of God. One thing you can do is to cut out any near occasions you have of being around things that you're addicted to. So if you're addicted to drugs, you need to stop hanging out with friends who do drugs. If you're struggling with pornography, you need to be able to have someone keep you accountable, to give away your electronic devices at key times when you're tempted, or even for good, if the case may be. Be ruthless. Put your addiction to death. And the second thing I think is very helpful is to find a community to journey with that will keep you accountable. Good friends, a family member, maybe a 12-step group or an accountability partner, maybe even a therapist. We are meant to help each other in this journey. And community is essential for fighting addictions. Another thing that's helpful in fighting addiction is to find healthy outlets to retrain your mind. So things like working out, volunteering, finding some kind of constructive hobby, all of these things can help dealing with an addiction. But even though all of these things that I mentioned are immensely helpful, finding community, finding healthy outlets, uh, cutting away near occasions of sin, these things in and of themselves cannot save you. They cannot heal you for good. The only lasting freedom that you will be able to find can be found in the power of Jesus. If Jesus is not behind your efforts, if you're not relying on his grace, you will never find the freedom that you're looking for. But the good news is, is that Jesus is waiting for you to turn to him. He's not ashamed of you. He sees you in your suffering in the midst of your addiction, and he loves you right where you are. He sees your struggle, and he's proud of how you are fighting for him in your weakness. There is hope for those who struggle with addiction. There is hope for those who have family members who seem lost in the throes of addiction and there seems to be no hope. There is hope in Jesus. Just like St. Mark G. Tiang Sing, you can achieve holiness as you strive for freedom. No one, no one is too broken 
for Jesus to reach. No one is too broken for Jesus to reach. And so as we draw to an end here, let's pray to St. Mark that he would help us in our struggles with sin, whatever we most crave. As we pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Mark, right now we pray for all those around the world who are addicted, especially for those in our own families. We pray for those who feel hopeless, who feel trapped, who feel unworthy, who feel unable to be close to God. Because St. Mark, you showed by your life the depth of God's mercy and love. You showed that even drug addicts can find salvation in Jesus, that he alone is our hope no matter what we are struggling with, and that we are called to be saints no matter the sin that we struggle with in this life. St. Mark, you show us that we should never give up, but always trust in the mercy of Jesus who longs to set us free. St. Mark G. Tiang Sing, pray for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.